Before we get started this episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, let me talk to you about FanshareSports.com. Great way to get the ownership information, blog information, all that great stuff for PGA, NFL, NBA. They've got you covered. They started in PGA, and we've been loving being partners with them for quite some time. So sign up and get the account of your choice by using promo code ALWAYSPRESS, all one word, ALWAYSPRESS, to sign up and get 20% off the package of your choice. Also, if you like to play daily fantasy sports, you want to find a new site, go check out Superdraft. Great way to play daily fantasy sports, and it's different than the rest because you play the players you want to because there's no prices. It's an exclusive multiplier point system. You take the risk wherever you want and make it happen. It's at Superdraft in your app store, superdraft.io. Great way to play it. We love playing it over at Fantasy Sports DJs at the Always Pressing PGA Podcast. And when you create your account, use promo code Bubba. To let them know you heard of it at the Always Pressing PJDFS podcast. And after you create your account, they'll give you a $10 deposit bonus. So use promo code Bubba when you create your account, get a $10 deposit bonus. Also, if you give a rating and review on iTunes, we'd much appreciate it. It would help the podcast out a ton. But until then, welcome to the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 WGC HSBC Championship and a brief preview of the 2019 Bermuda Championship. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. Find the podcast on Twitter at Always Press DFS and in all of your listening locations. If you have a rating and review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. I'm on Twitter at BD Intric and my co-host, as always, you can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. I uh, got a little uh, head cold thing going on here, so hopefully I'll make it through this without uh, being too much of an asshole, coughing and sniffing and stuff. But uh, how are you? I am doing. I'm doing. Uh, my allergies are kicking up. Not nearly like yours, though, but uh, I know the pain you are in. I totally get it. And uh, the good thing is this won't take too long. Talking some WGC, only a 78-man field yet again. And we'll just beat to the punch now. DraftKings does not have Bermuda information out yet. Um, once they do, we can talk about it in the Slack chat. So come join us. It's free. Uh, you can at myself or Jesse in there. We usually respond pretty quickly. If not, there's a bunch of other guys willing to chat it up in there all the time. And the field's actually pretty interesting. There's like some old timers, some some really young guys, and a good core that we've been playing a lot in the swing season. So uh, we'll make for a fun tournament to say the least. But more importantly, Jesse, I, I don't even think people care about our DK picks right now. You <laughs> see, uh, did you see something happen in golf this last weekend? Some guy named Tiger Woods hit his second about... tournament. Yeah. yeah, I heard pretty about big it. Deal. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it is a pretty big deal. Uh, saw Rory talking about how if he won six tournaments every year for the next ten years, he still couldn't, he still wouldn't be there. So, I mean, that tells you how insane of a number 82 is. It's hard to fathom. And you know, there was a long time there when you didn't even think he was going to get one more. Um, and now he's had three in his last 14 starts, which I having a conversation with somebody last night, and <laughs> they brought the fact that they're all you know, limited field events. Of course, yeah. the Masters is, is the Masters. Uh, it's a major tournament, obviously loaded field in the Masters, but, you know, he still hasn't won a full field event. But either way, it still count the same. So mm-hmm. it is what it is, 82 wins. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's funny you say that because 
I, I agree. It's weird that it's not full field events, but hey, I would like to win versus like ten guys, let alone you know seventy eight to one hundred fifty six. I really don't give, right. give a rat's ass to tell you the I'm truth. And it's it's funny when when he's like after I guess two and a half rounds, three rounds or so, when it looked like this was really going to happen, I saw different people tweeting stuff out. Someone broke down Sam Sneed's wins. I don't know if you saw it. I don't remember exactly where I saw it. So I don't I apologize for not giving credit, but they broke it down to where Sam Sneed had like you know half a dozen wins versus fields of like 30 to 40 players he had like four or five against 10 or less that's how it was back in the day so in reality like oh really like, yeah like in reality of like 70 plus man fields i think sneed only had 70 something wins like only but he had like you know maybe 65 to 70 wins so in reality tiger beat this a long time ago but yeah. uh it's, it's a totally weird way to look i didn't even realize that either until someone started pointing it out so what tiger's done is pretty uh. damn impressive I mean, oh, yeah, no no matter how you slice it, he's the greatest golfer of all time. So, I mean, if, if you know, if, if somebody deserves the GOAT tag, yeah. um, you know, as much as we throw it out there on every little fucking thing, um, I, I really think he's the greatest golfer of all time. And, man, just just think, dude, you know, if he, he hadn't have had a sex addiction, a drug addiction, uh, a workout addiction, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> But also think about it this way: if he didn't have the ability to have addictions the way he does, he probably is not this good of a golfer. That's yeah, true. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to spin a positive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm there's a, you, well, man. I mean, you, you got but yeah, you know, you yeah. look at somebody like Jack Nicholas though, and he never true. But it wasn't ever found out that he was an adulterer and uh, you know, a uh, whatever drugs, you know, you know. So it there's a lot of great athletes out there that that don't have addictions. You mean the golden bear was running around slinging cream? <laughs> Maybe he was. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't. It was back before social media and and uh, tabloids and all that shit too. I mean, Tiger. Tiger yeah, kind he, of he hit this at the wrong the time. Of, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, he kind of caught the beginning of the uh, the whole social media uh, deal there. But uh, I mean, he, no matter how you slice it, dude, eighty-two fucking wins. I mean, it's not like yeah. in, in, in this field this past week, he didn't just beat a bunch of slouches. You know, he didn't beat a bunch mm-hmm. of slouches at the tour championship when he won it. Obviously, the Masters is loaded. So, yeah, he, he, he's he's not counting the Hero World Champ. I didn't. So. Um, well, good. He shouldn't because that's yeah. that isn't that's that's an absolute horseshit tournament. Um, <laughs> the I man, I, I I didn't see it coming though. No, I, mean, I, I I had zero inkling that this was going to happen this weekend because he had not been playing very well leading up it, into this tournament. So, but that's golf, you know. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. it's just one of those types of things, you know. He gets he gets right finally. I guess I guess the knee didn't he have a knee surgery? Kind he of had a knee offseason? surgery, yeah, in the offseason. Maybe maybe that's what the big issue was. He finally got that figured out, and let's fingers crossed, knock on wood. Hopefully this that's the end of the surgeries for Tiger. Because I mean, geez, he's just stays under the knife yeah it's one thing after another with him and he's not playing again until the hero his tournament so he's take a couple i guess that's a month and a half or so off before he tees it up again and it was, it was kind of scary uh our our sunday the last round when they restarted the fourth round you know he comes out kind of shaky again and then he starts wincing on a shot and i'm sitting there going oh crap because i literally told my buddies that morning we were playing our skins like we our, our normal sunday men's club skins and i said I'm really curious to see how he plays. Luckily, it's not a full round, but he played more than 18 holes the day before. I don't know how. I don't think he's built for the big hall like he used to be. Like he can put together a round a day, 
But I think that extra yeah. golf adds on to him. So I, I was concerned to see how that went. He survived. He, he he got better as he loosened up. But it'll be interesting to see because I'll never forget. It was so awesome seeing him close up at the U.S. Open. But just seeing how old he really looks in person. Like, it's it, he's aged quite a bit. That's all I got to yeah. say. He's not like the young stud like he once was. He still can obviously beat anybody in the world. I thought it was awesome what Jack Nicholas um, tweeted to him afterwards. Like, you know, Jack tweets every winter, every week. He, he had a, like a three-tweet thing to uh, to Tiger that was pretty darn awesome. So, you know, it doesn't get old. Like you said, I wasn't on him at all. I, I wrote him off after watching the Skins thing last weekend. He looked bad. Maybe he was just playing around trying to feel the course. But because, like, halfway through this tournament, I'm sitting there going, all right, first PGA Tour tournament in Japan, first Zozo Championship, lots of money on the line. Of course Tiger Woods is going to come win this thing. Like, who the hell isn't going to win this thing? Except yeah. Tiger Woods. It makes too much sense to have Tiger Woods win this thing. It's yeah. frustrating. I'm with you. But uh, I won't read them all off. I was going to, and then he just kept. He started at like midday Saturday, and just kept going. But Justin Ray on Twitter. Um, let me get his Twitter handle at Justin Ray Golf. Super sharp dude. Super super sharp dude. He's in charge of the Fifteenth Club. Dot com. He had so many stats about Tiger Woods and his victories and. Other guys close to him, like he had stats with comparing Rory and Phil and all these Tiger things. Like I was literally going to read them, but it just it's one after another. It's ridiculous the amount of just stuff the the run Tiger has been on his entire career. Pretty darn impressive. So like I said, I won't read it all, but I, I recommend people going and checking it out. It's like probably 30, 30 tweets or so overall, but it's just wild what Tiger Woods pulled off. Absolutely insane. All right, anything else to take away? Like, I thought Hideki played well. Sanjay again. Rory had a good Sunday. That's a, tr- a trend we see with Rory. Overall, I thought it was a really good tournament. Uh, some guys played extremely well. Some guys kind of pooped the bed. But uh, overall, kind of what you'd expect from a field like this and Tiger taking the, the reins of the entire situation. No, I'm good. No, I, I think that's it. Let's, let's, um, let's move on to the WGC HSBC here. All right, let's go to that WGC HSBC, which I believe is the 14th or 15th year at this deal so what do you got for us for some past event history yeah it's been uh it's been ongoing um tournament for a while and it's played in shishen shanghai in china right yes correct let's fingers crossed knock on wood that uh, nobody asks the players about hong kong um (laughs) last year's event champion this is of course a no-cut event Last year's event uh, winner was Xander Shoffley in a playoff over Tony Fino. He shot 14 under. Uh, the year before that, Justin Rose, 14 under par, two shots over DJ Brooks and Henrik. 2016, Henrik, uh, I'm sorry, Hideki Matsuyama, 23 under par, seven shots over Berger and Stinson. Um, Knox was the 2015 champion. Bubba has won this tournament before. Speaking of Bubba, did you see that shot that he played between the trees last year? That week? was absolutely the most Bubba thing ever, and I'm here for it. I, I'm good with this. I like I, the just F you, I'm going to do it my way mentality. I don't and, understand what, the, what he gained from that, though. Like, because he, uh, no, he was, he had to flop it over some trees to get onto the green, didn't he? What, what, what I read is, well, obviously he's walked the course and kind of seen where he can do this. Where his ball landed, it took a shortcut. We're only at 100 yards in on a par five instead of the longer shot in. He still had, yes, he still had to go over the trees, but he was 100 yards uh, out instead of like 260. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then DJ has won this tournament uh, the, the, the in 2013, which was they had moved it around one time in between. So most of the time, I guess it's been played at the same golf course, correct? 
Yes, I believe right. 13 or 14 out of the 15 years. Except for, yeah, every year except for one, which was the Poulter year in 2012. Um, and uh, so other than that, I mean, a lot of money on the line this week, 1.7 or, or more million dollars to the winner. $1.745 million to the winner. Yeah, big money. Big money. This is where uh, Xander beat Fino last year in a playoff. We thought Fino had it in the bag. We thought our year of the Fino was happening, and it didn't. So yeah. uh, Xander, he got it done. He loves these fields. He played well last week. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun to see. You mentioned Xixing, China. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out here. It's a little bit outside of uh, Shanghai, as you mentioned earlier. When you um, look at the the course, it's a, Dom- it's a Robert Robin Nelson course. It's a par 72, 7,261 yards, give or take. Um, traditional course, four par fours. We have four par fives, gettable par fives, tree line course. You know, friendly fairways, but not super narrow. You got to be able to get to them. You have Bermuda grass, uh, very undulating greens, so the greens are tricky. You got to be able to scramble around these greens to be effective. So it, it's an interesting layout. Scoring can be had for sure. We saw it last week, but water comes into play on 11 holes. That is something we saw as an issue as well uh, in, in last year's final round with Fino. So if you're accurate, you can still bomb it. This does favor bombers if you're accurate off the tee, but you don't have to be a bomber to succeed here is what I'm trying to say as well. So certain guys have the upper hand if you can, if you can crush it and be accurate, but at the same time, you know, you don't have to be an absolute bomber to be successful here. I'd, I'd almost rather prefer accuracy, scrambling, par five scoring, and because uh, you can't really predict putting because who puts these days, really? So um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. What stats might you be looking at this week, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, just a lot of the kind of usual stats. Uh, greens regulation, driving distance, I think matters here more than accuracy. Uh, putting to what you can, obviously, uh, predict that. Uh, so just a slight tick up on labs for me. Uh, birdie score, and then there's plenty of course history. So waiting course history, I think, is is wise. The other issue, I mean, one issue we've got this time of year is the last two golf tournaments have been played at non-shot tracker yes. um, golf courses. So your normal, you know, strokes gain stats aren't going to be including those last two unless somebody has some kind of calculation. But, you know, like, for example, on um, – Fancy Golf National, you know, it doesn't show last week's tee to green, off the tee approach, around the green, putting, you know, strokes gain for for anybody. So, I don't know. It's it's like one of those things where you kind of have to go off a little bit of feel, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of based on how a guy's been playing maybe recently and use a lot of judgment. 100% Educa- Educated guessing. Bubba. Educating guessing, yes, yes, that's a great way to put it. That's that's fans, pretty much DFS golf in a nutshell. I don't want anybody <laughs> to tell you otherwise. They're full of shit. <laughs> um, no, course history and current form. There is a lot of course history, as you mentioned. If you go to fanshare.sports.com, um, you know I mentioned they have NBA, NFL, and PGA going right now, and they're going to have the Bermuda stuff or the WGC stuff up either later tonight or tomorrow morning. They got Bermuda up already. I got one little thing for you. If you look at the current form and course history tabs. Look for that double green. Finau has been great here uh, and coming in in good form. Xander, Hideki, Andrew Putnam are four that stand out with having both green dots in current form and course history. So something to definitely keep in mind when you're plugging along on that one. All right, let's check out our DraftKings picks for the week, Jesse. We'll start 10K and above. Rory, 11-7. The dude's beasting out. Hideki at 11-1. Xander at 10-8. 
Rose at 10.5, and Paul Casey at 10,000. What are you liking up top here? Um, you know, starting at, at – this is kind of a, a wild range. Rory obviously played very well last week. So did Hideki. Um, big prices on them, in my opinion. Justin Rose is kind of the guy I'm leaning towards. Uh, past winner here, finished third here last year. Uh, so he won in 2017, third here last year, and he has a fifth and a seventh place finish as well at this tournament, at this golf course. So coming off a 15th place finish, he's been playing okay. I, I, I don't know if he'll be a popular pick this week or not. It's hard to, to judge this time of year with kind of everybody having um, a bunch of stuff going on, football, baseball wrapping up, NBA starting up. So um, – it's hard for me to keep my, my finger on the polls. Obviously, fan shares is a great way to do that. Uh, but, um, you know, Rose would be kind of who I'd lean towards. Paul Casey had a decent showing last week, too. Uh, and he's been around here a bunch. Um, a couple top fives, or one top five, excuse me, and a bunch of other top 20s. So, I don't mind him either. But those would be kind of the two guys I would lean towards. Obviously, Rory... I don't know. I, I, I don't know how popular he'll be. I think it'd be interesting to see that. And Hideki, too. Hideki's obviously coming off a pretty good showing last week, but I feel like he might be maybe potentially a little bit mentally drained after that whole, that whole week. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about with Hideki. I'm worried he's just to be physically, emotionally, mentally just drained after trying to be the, the man of the hour in Japan for the week. I mean, I almost pulled it off too. Yeah. He did a heck of a job. Like you could see the look on his face on Sunday when they were finishing the round, like how much he was just like, into it and disappointed at the same time. It was a hell of so, a shot uh, that he hit on 18 too, out of that bunker. Dude, I was talking, I was having coffee talking to a buddy today, and I was like, like he's all, he didn't hit the green. I'm like, I don't give a shit. 261 out of the bunker to be pin high in the next bunker is goddamn impressive to me. And, like, and you had was, to, I mean, he, he had to cut it around that corner yep. and just couldn't cut it enough. And then, of course, bladed the next shot out of that bunker. Yeah, that was kind of the, like, oh matter. man, you, you, look, you look like one of us. It wouldn't, he'd have to, he would have to hold that bunker shot out and pray. So, right, and and Tiger birdies yeah. anyways, right? So exactly. Matter. Yeah, yeah, but just that shot from the bunker to even have a shot was like, damn, that's uh, pretty yeah. impressive, there, buddy. Yeah. Pretty darn good. But yeah, I, I think the letdown's coming. I love Rory. We've seen lately with like Justin Thomas and these top price guys, they've been kind of low, lower owned. So Rory might get a bit of a discount this week at eleven seven. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, as you said. But the two guys I'll be targeting, uh, the X Man Xander. I kind of mentioned him last week. Didn't have a ton of them. Finished tenth. I won here last year. He, he's just playing great golf all towards the end of last season. And really, you know, it's tough to, to not like the guy that won here last year. And then I love your Rosie call, you know, consistently just putting in great round after great round. And the history as here, like you said, a third, a first, a fifth, a seventh, and a 48th is pretty damn good. It's hard to pass up on that kind of pedigree uh, with a guy like Justin Rose. So for me, it's like it's it's Rose and Shoffley, but I'm really curious. If you get McElroy low owned, it's hard to pass up on a guy of his talent level with that kind of ownership but uh right. you do get quite the nice you get 1200 cheaper to rose who has just as much ability to win this thing so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh 9k range you got fleetwood at 99 stenson at 98 female at 97 reed 96 sunjay 95 spieth 94 scott 93 weisberger 92 Vinny on 91 and cam smith at 9000 pretty good range here who do you think you'll be targeting um i mean i, I this is a really fun range, in my opinion. Uh, start at the top again with Tommy Fleetwood. I know I've kind of touted him the last two weeks. The guy still hasn't missed a, a cut since uh, – there's obviously no cut this week, so it doesn't matter. But um, July of 2018, I mean, it's just incredible the consistency he's been playing. I mean, it's not really 
translated into what you would really what what I would expect from him after his uh, 2018 year. Um, but either way, I think this is a kind of week to go back to him. He's got pretty decent course history around here. Finished seventh here last year, 20th the year before, 30th, 24th, 18th. So consistently kind of getting in there toward the top 25 uh, and, did, and did have that seventh place finish last week. Um, Henrik Stinson is, is interesting. He's, he's, he's overpriced. Let's just go ahead yes. and put that out there. For like yeah. for his form coming in, obviously been kind of going back and forth between the PGA Tour and the European Tour. Um, he did. He was kind of getting it going there a little bit, and then missed the cut at the Houston Open. But in this field, like I don't know, I feel like play, paying ninety eight hundred dollars for for Henrik Stenson is is a premium. The, the only reason I'm even considering it is because two straight top twos here, uh, 2017, 2016, he finished second place both years. So I, I feel like he's interesting from that angle. Finau, uh, second place last year, eleventh the year before. I think he's he's playable. And then last but not least, uh, for me, Bernd Wiesberger, uh, ninth place here in 2017. And he's coming off a win at the uh, Italian Open. Um, you know, most people will probably gravitate, I would imagine, to been on um, maybe Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth. I didn't realize he was in this field. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, like those would be like I really would lean – like for me, I think it's kind of it'd be kind of fun to start a t- team with Fleetwood and Stinson, see what happens. I feel like they'll be lower owned. Yeah, they will be. Fleetwood's always lower owned, and we we talk about them week in and week out. Playing good golf just hasn't put it all together, like you said, which is kind of tilting at times, but kind of not so shabby in fields like this. Uh, you can have Stinson. I get the Stinson love. I can't do it, but I get it. Like he's playing really well. I I just won't go there. So you can have low owned Stinson all to yourself. I'll let you have. Thank him. you. Uh, you you get you leave Xander to me. You can have Stinson. Yeah, that'll be the deal we make. Um, but, but I'm going to start with a guy like Tony Finau at 97, you know, bad showing last week, finished 59th, but coming in in great form prior to that, finished second year last year, 11th the year before. So he's played very well at this golf course. So I, I like me some Finau, uh, taco tits, be back on him. He finished 17th last week after we talked him up, which I will take all day long in a no cut event. He's priced up a little bit more this week, but seventh last year, seventh, a couple years ago. Um, so he does play okay at this course. What's your thoughts? Maybe I missed you saying it when I was looking at something, but what's your thoughts on Sunjay? Because he just keeps doing it time and time again. And we talk about it in no-cut events. He's a birdie machine. He he had like one bad round, and he played three great rounds, finished in third last week. Now he hops over here. What's your thoughts on Sunjay? I mean, the dude is cashing checks, I'll tell you that much. Um, his parents must have like a really like expensive <laughs> taste in something um because he i mean all he does is play golf like they go around apparently with him everywhere and follow him but anyways i think he's fine i don't i mean sungjae is i I feel like he's always in play you know i I don't i don't see a problem with him at all okay i I was just curious out of of context uh benny on's interesting at 91 but i'm with you i'm not playing a chalky benny on so i'll keep my eye on that if he's low owned he stands out as, as a play but i'm pretty sure like you said he'll be chalky then the other guy to mention here is cam smith at 9k you know, a 54th and a 64th here aren't ideal, but a third place two weeks ago, um, 13th a couple weeks before that, he, he's playing he's playing better golf of late. And a no-cut event, he's a guy that can pop at times. So Cam Smith at 9K, I think he's a super low GPP type play because on will be popular. Weisberger, if enough places start talking about how great he's playing on the Euro Tour, winning at the Italian Open, he'll get some higher ownership. So we'll have to see how all of that plays out for sure. And apparently my dog is not a fan of Bern Weisberger, so keep uh, that in mind. Yep. Uh, 
But uh, let's head to the 8K range here. You got Billy Ho at 89, Lowry at 88, Wallace at 87, Hatton at 86, RCB at 85, Molly at 84, Fitz at 83, Connors 82, Willett 81, and Sergio down to $8,000. What stands out to you in this 8K range? Uh, start with RCB. Um, the course history is 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 pretty good for 14th, 5th, 19th, and his only three appearances, which has been the last three years. He did all right last week. Um, just played just basically some consistent golf, so I think he's fine. Sergio again, so it's tilting to me that I can't like get updated stats on Sergio, but finished 33rd last week. Um, I mean, he's played well enough around here at $8,000. The price continues to come down. Ninth place last or the last time he was here, which was 2016. 11th the year before that. Does have a fourth place and a win here back in 2008. So 8,000, Sergio, I guess I'm going to have to go back. That's it for me in that range. That is it for you in that range. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment, but uh, Billy Ho, two weeks ago I loved him, didn't do well. Last week you loved him, he got sixth. Finished 11th here last year. It's just what we saw last week is what he can do. And he had, he had a couple weeks off, so maybe he, he knocked off the rust and then and got it going last week. So Billy Ho at 89 is very, very intriguing for me in that respect. Uh, RCB, I'm always a fan of RCB. I'm with you there at that price point. Um, it is very, very enticing as well at 8,500. My boy Molly, he says he actually likes this course quite a bit. Um, you know, he's, he's won this before, a couple t- top tens. Last two years, not as great, coming in in sketchy form. But at 8,400 bucks, he's a guy that you can uh, definitely get quite the discount on. Uh, Corey Connors at 82, great finish last week. Really played well, finished sixth, finished twelfth the week before, thirteenth in his tournament before that. First time here, but his ball striking and his iron plays one of the best in the game uh, at right now at this point in time. So 8,200 bucks. I'm a big fan of Corey Connors as well. So that'll be kind of the main guys I'm on uh, in this range for now. Would be um, Horschel, RCB, Connors, and uh, and maybe some Molly as well. But uh, interesting range. I like the 9K range a little more, but there's a lot to like in the 8K range for sure. What 7K guy is you looking at? So Hadwin, um, he was uber chalk last week. I actually ended up getting off of him when I looked at Fanshare, and he had like a, a billion, gajillion tags. Um, 7,500, this is the week to play him. I, I would think after his showing last week, where did he finish? Hadwin finished uh, 41st. 41st. Yeah, he burned a lot of people last week playing him. I mean, obviously his price was – it's come down now, so he's. I think he's even more playable. Hopefully people don't go back to him. Robert McIntyre at $7,300. Interesting. Never played here. Uh, Euro Tour guy. Um, been playing well. Over there, coming off a fourth-place finish at the Italian Open, 26th at the Alfred Dun- Dunhill, uh, 28th at the PGA Championship. BMW PGA Championship, uh, so 7,300. And then uh, Eust, Luton, uh, 16th Luton. place finish, <laughs> 16th here in 2016, and uh, 28th in 2014. So been around here a couple times. Uh, 11th his last time out at the Open de France, and then uh, 25th, 40th in his last couple starts. So those would be my three main plays here in this here range. In the 7K range. All right, for me – couple guys i'd be taking a peek at we'll start with ch3 coming in at 7900 bucks uh decent form finished uh eighth last week 20th the week before fourth a few weeks before that finished 15th here a couple years ago 
he's kind of that safer. He, he probably should get you a top 20 or better play with some upside. So I like him at 79. A previous champion, obviously not at this course, like you mentioned, is Ian Poulter, who just keeps playing well. 21st here last year, 13th last week, 16th the week before. So I don't mind him in this price range. If you want some GPP upside, Eric Van Ruin, 22nd here last year. You know, miscut a 10th, a miscut a 14th, a 12th. He won on the PGA Tour about two months ago. Um, he's a wild card. He's a very, very wild card, but he's got that big-time upside. You mentioned Hadwin. I'm a big fan of his. And I'll go back to Kevin Kisner this week. I might not be all in like I was last week because he finished 66th in the field. But he's finished second here a few years back, you know, knocking the rust off after taking about two months off, it looked like. The guy's too good to be uh, finishing 66th in fields like this. Uh, it's definitely a GPP play. If you don't like the way he's playing, don't play him. But uh, I don't mind him at that price point. What about Keegan? All right. Keegan, Keegan was the next guy that got my attention. He wasn't on my main sheet, but I see him here on DraftKings. Yeah, he uh, he pooped the bed as he does once around, like normal, but still a pretty darn good finish. No cut event. I don't hate him at 7K. What about yeah. you? I just feel like he's going to be chalked this week. He's coming off a sixth place to finish here last week, and then that, you know, decent saw him finish. on TV quite a bit as well. Yeah. Um, but be interesting to see on him. All right, let's head in the 6K range. What are some of the guys you're looking at down here? Uh, yeah. Um. Not a lot. Bubba is at 6,800. He he has won this tournament uh, in 2014. He won this this tournament. Uh, how he's di- all the way down here, I I don't really know. Other than he's just playing like shit. Um, it's about really all you can really say about Bubba. I mean, if you want to take a chance, 6,800. I I don't mind him. Jazz Jane. I'm just gonna call him Jazz. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting with bated breath with you on that one. <laughs> He did play last week, you know, nothing special, but I mean, again, at 6,500, the guy plays like a bunch of tournaments all over the world. I think he's all right. Um, I mean, there's some plays down here. I, I'm not really feeling much of anybody. Maybe Matthias Schwab potentially. Uh, never played here. Euro Tour guy coming off a miscut. Did finish fourth at the Italian Open. I mean, that's about the extent of it. I don't know. Like, I'm just not a huge fan of this, and that's one of the reasons why. Like, obviously, some of these guys are going to come out of here and probably finish well, but it's one of the reasons why I think it's difficult to play, you know, Rory and, uh, and Hideki. Yeah, it's very, very tricky. The main ones I'm looking at, they're not even like massive savings and maybe something else will pop up as the week goes on. But, uh, answer, I go back to him every week. He finished 41st last week. I just think the talent's there that if someone in the 6k range can maybe, you know, T15, T10 answers one of them. So I, I don't mind going back to him at 68 JT Poston. I'm a big fan of him week in and week out, $6,700. He's a birdie machine, so no-cut events. I love a guy like JT. First time here, but 27th last week at the Zozo. Uh, I don't mind that at all. And then um, our boy, he burned us, I believe it was at the um, British Open, but Michael Lorenzo Vera finished 67th here two years ago, coming with a 40th, a 15th, a 37th, a 10th, a 6th in his recent appearances on the Euro Tour. I'll give that a shot at $6,600 in a field like this where – he can make some damage down below, but like you said, it's a sketchy, it's a sketchy range. You're going to be kind of taking chances, you know. Do your research. You know, Paul Waring coming in in good form, but how do you translate good Euro form into this? That's tough. Like he's been T28 or better in four straight Euro events, and he's 6,500 bucks. Do you want to go there? I don't. I'm not going to tell you no. It's a no cut event. If you want to punt and, and hope it works, he's probably good. But once you get below guys like like Waring, there's really not a lot. It's a lot of the uh, 
Asian guys that are getting exemptions in this tournament yeah. that kind of, I don't really want to plant my flags there, if that makes sense. All right, let's recap things real quick. 10K and above, who you got? I'll just go with Rose. Yeah, I'll go Xander. You can have Rose. I, I like them both very, very much. So those will be the ones I'll be looking at. 9K range, give me two guys. Uh, Fleetwood and Stinson. I'll go with, um, give me some... Give me some Finau and Reed. I want to take Sanjay, though. Sanjay's playing really good. But it's like you just wait for that other shoe to fall. Um, <laughs> give me two in the 8K range. Uh, RCB and Sergio. I'll go Billy Ho and Connors. That's where I'll be going there. Give me three guys in the 7K range. Hadwin, McIntyre, and Juiced. Juiced. I'll go CH3, Poulter, and Hadwin would be my three. And who's your number one in the 6K range for now? Jazz. Keep going. I'm just no, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I'll go posting. I'll go JT posting. All right. Some people uh, do like it when we do our how do we start a GPP lineup. So give me three plays to start your GPP builds for the week. I think it's Tommy. Uh, for me, Henrik. Uh, I, I, I think Henrik is GPP only again, but either way. So those two starting out 100% for sure. Um. And then throwing in somebody, a guy like, you know, maybe potentially Robert McIntyre. Yeah, he should I be low-owned. Should be very low-owned. Um, I'd be looking at guys like, give me Finau, um, mix in some maybe some Poulter with some Poston. That kind of gives me balance with GPP upside, so I can take some gambles elsewhere. So I don't, I don't mind starting out with those three guys at all when we break it all down. All right, the fun part here, the part we all love so, so much uh, picks to win. Picks to win, Jesse. Who are you liking? We got on Tommy. On Tommy, Fleetwood's twenty-five to one, which is not bad. And I feel like a Hendricks twenty-five as well. Yeah, I don't know if I would I would bet Hendrick as much as I would Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like he's flashed anything great, but at the same time, you know, you just never know. See, so, yeah, I like yeah, like Billy Ho's at forty, RCB's at forty, Molly's at fifty, Pult's at sixty. You got some interesting options as you slide down here in, in a field like this. And it, it dries up pretty quick after about 70 or so, but some interesting options down here to say the least. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball real quick. We don't have to go super deep on this, but if you want to pull up DraftKings, the Bermuda's out now. Oh, is it really? Yeah, we don't have to go super deep. We can kind of like do like, a, like we do our quick recap on PJ. Just kind of go, hey, 10K range, anything stand out is super quick. A little bit. A little first yeah. look action. Yeah, literally, this is as first look as it gets. I was literally going to close it out and show the alternate event is up, so the Bermuda is up. So people bear with us for a couple seconds, and when Jesse is ready, we'll just kind of ready. Spit, you're ready. So yeah. he's good. Oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's a pro, people. He's a freaking pro. I got it going. I mean, I, you uh, know, I had DraftKings open anyways because I'm tilting <laughs> NBA basketball tonight. So, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. You know, my Dolphins are about to lose, so it's good times. Um, 10K and above. You got guys like McCarthy, Lanto, Scheffler, Wise, Norrin, Knox, guys we're used to playing in the 7K range. Now we got to <laughs> probably pick one. And like they're all the they're, they're the class of the class here. But uh, you know, for me, it's probably Lanto and Scheffler. But it's hard oh, to ignore God. guys like it's hard to know, ignore any of these guys to tell you the truth. Um, I don't even know the course that well. I'm guessing it's a birdie fest, like like most of these are alternate events. So it might actually favor a guy like Aaron Wise, who might be actually the class in this group. But if I had to pick just one, I'd probably pick Scotty Scheffler. He's kind of the more all-rounded guy. Yeah. All pretty all pretty good. What would you want up here? Yeah, I would probably go with Scheffler as well. You know, I think they're it, it just depends too. I mean, like the, the other thing is a lot of these guys have been off for a couple weeks now too. Yep. 
that and we got to figure out if you're playing these who's in the 6k range <laughs> that's the scary part oh, about these events oh my um, god dude what yeah. do you get down there i haven't looked yet i'm, I'm literally first look we're sliding down as we go oh god 9k you got hostler hubbard doc redmond sam Ryder, steward our boy steps up to 92 cam percy is 91 and brian gay's 9000 again good golfers not used to them being this expensive who do you like in this range seems like a little bit of an underprice there on sam Ryder. um been playing pretty good recently percy too is he was playing kind of good early fall season there so uh those would be the two lanes for me yeah, Mark Hubbard's a guy I've been playing time and time again. I usually get him about $6,700. Uh, but I do like him in the field. Again, like these guys have had times off, but, you know, two top tens already starts the season. He's playing really good golf. I don't mind him. And in a birdie fest, it's risky. But if you're going for broke in a tournament like this, I don't mind Sep. I really don't because yeah. th- these guys are just firing at pens, and Sep can do that. He can't putt, but he can fire at pens. So I, I don't mind it at 9200 bucks. Uh, 8K, you got about 10 guys here. Anybody standing out to you? Um, Shelton, uh, he'll probably, he'll probably be chalky. Harrington's obviously been playing very uh, so well. So say Harrington. Harrington feels cheap. Yeah, he's been playing. He's been playing pretty well. Um, other than that, not a huge fan of the range, to be honest with you. Yeah, in a field like this, you have a past PGA champion and our winner in Ryan Armour. I don't mind him at eighty-one. I'd kind of, you know, take him a little bit above, but he's not coming in in good form. Patrick Rogers at eight thousand is one I like a lot. He's a guy. He's usually in like the high sevens to low eights in a regular field. So Patrick Rogers at 8,000 stands out to me in this section. Um, you know, Hickcock can be dicey, but I'd probably go with Rogers, Shelton, Harrington, kind of be the guys I'd be looking at in the 8K range. 7,500 and above, we'll break this in half. But this is, you're going to make your bacon in the 7K range, folks. So let's see what we got here. Ventura's got the ability, um, you know, he's a, a corny coming off the, the corn ferry there. He's got Oklahoma the Oklahoma State boy with with yeah. the, with them. Um, and then I mean Uline potentially not again not a huge fan of fan of the seventy five hundred and above. Uh, every now and again Roger Sloan can show up. Bazelli's your boy, isn't he? Yep, I was gonna say him. He's like here. Yeah, I mean he might yeah, be he might be the play at seventy seven in this field. He's a, like he finished six at the Sanderson. So he can play these, but he missed the cut at the Safeway. So, you know, consistency is a, a thing we cherish here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind him. Uh, David Hearn, he's just a cut machine. So that's something to keep in mind in these kind of fields. He was, he was a guy that he, he made a lot of birdies, made a lot of cuts on the Corn Ferry. And, you know, he missed the cut at the Houston, but made the cut at the Safeway, the Sanderson, and the Greenbrier. So he's three for four on the season. He's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, and then Roberto Castro, he's a guy I always like to play at 76. He's usually like 66. He's got some upside as well. So I, I like those two. Um, cause down here, like I'm gonna take my gambles up top. I want some consistency down below. David Hearn, Roberto Castro, be two guys, and Baselli. Be those three guys would be kind of targets for me in the 7,500 range. But you know, you get below 7K to 7,400. You got the bod, Hank Labadia. He's gonna be an interesting one there at 74. Um, Campos at 73. I'm gonna be all over that. That's a dude that we've mentioned a ton as a punt of late. 59th at Houston, 33rd at Safely, 61st at Sanderson. So three straight made cuts. Uh, he's definitely someone we've been on quite a bit at 7,300. Then after that, uh, T. Dunk, Sucre, those are kind of the. It's, it's tough to get like maybe Seamus Power, Bo Hogue's playing well. You get down here to 7K, it gets dicey in a hurry. So yeah, after Campos, it, it's uh, it, it's rough. What do you like in the rest of the 7K range? Uh, Lebiota. Um, 
I think he's very playable. Suture, again, at 72. I mean, <laughs> I almost forgot. He shot 86 <laughs> the last time out. Some things are better to Finished forget. Dead, dead fucking last. Mm. He'll probably win this week. Uh, just go ahead and write that down because I will not play him. Uh, Bo, Bo Hoag? 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 I don't know. 7,000. He might be playable, too. It's starting, we're starting to get sketched down here. My boy yeah. Josh Teeter's over there this week. I saw he's there at 7K. What are your thoughts? Yep. I mean, could be. I had a pretty good talk with uh, with Lee over a couple weekends ago. Um, uh, just about, you know, different stuff or whatever. So, he told me they were going to be there. So, I hope they I hope they cash a check at least. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he finished the year pretty strong uh, on that kind of late year turn in the southeast down there he played pretty well for a while yeah if he can just man if he can just get the putter going just like everybody else you know yeah it's the name of the game these days uh 6k range uh thank you yeah no no problem you don't like (laughs) glitchick no i don't like this range oh yeah no i started scrolling it while you're talking 7k and i realized why your stomach got upset (laughs) <laughs> um like glitch smiley's playing yeah fuck me yeah uh glitchick uh there's a couple others that i could at least somewhat stomach uh you know in all honesty in a field like this davis love the third at 66 might be a cut maker just gonna yeah, throw that that's... out there like dead serious as goofy as it sounds at 66 he can make the cut for you he could <laughs> um your boy chip mcdaniel's down here at 66 i don't know if he rings a bell for anything but uh yeah this God Ricky damn. Barnes. I mean, he's 33. cut. Mike Ware, Fred Funk. What the this is, dude. hell is going this on? This is wild. Jason Bone. Hey, did you listen to the podcast? Oh, with it's Jason one Bone? of the. That was amazing with him and Tim Heron. Yeah, oh, they're both in the field, too. I bet they're having a great time down there. I bet you week. they. I bet you if they're you haven't, I would follow them in a practice round in a heartbeat. Oh, God, dude. If you haven't <laughs> listened to the No Laying Up podcast with Jason Bone and Tim Heron, go download it and listen to it. It's yeah. the, it's one of the best, and you're like, oh, fuck, why would I want to listen to those two idiots? It's you'll good. thank you'll thank us later. Yes, it's, I've listened, listened to it twice. Yeah, and they're gonna have them on again, and I'm like looking forward to it because I because you could tell that Bone has stories for hours. Oh God, and dude. he and he he's one of those guys like you could go to like after 18 holes, you you get to the you know the clubhouse at about 3:30 in the afternoon. Next thing you know, it's final call at about 10:30 because he's just telling stories the entire time. Right, and he won't stop. Um, yeah, he, he'd have you sucked in. I'm not going to ask you to pick a winner here, but uh, let's just say the odds are interesting. The yeah, odds, I mean, the odds, the odds don't match up with DraftKings. I'll tell you that much. Um, I, I think Scheffler's been playing probably well enough to to pick up a W. Uh, He's 16 to one. And then Harrington and also Shelton. Yeah, Harrington's 35, so you get some good odds there. Shelton's 40. I guess is the I'll tournament to start taking some gambles. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, you can have some fun at this one. So yeah, that's a little brief preview there. I'm glad it kind of showed up, so we at least talk about it real quickly to kind of walk you through a little bit of our thought process. Obviously, dig in some more because Jesse and I were joking beforehand that we're gonna play it, so we might as well talk about it. Uh, That's what we do. So if you have any further questions, again, join us in the Slack chat. We'll help you out there. No problems, no questions asked. Any final thoughts on the week, Jesse? You got you know golf in China. We got actually a full cut event. That's kind of why we wanted to talk about the Bermuda first time tournament. So we're not familiar with the, the layout but it's the first time for this tournament full cut event any final thoughts uh no i don't have any um other than you're welcome for for getting on early that way you can make sure we don't miss a minute of your <laughs> dolphins this evening 
actually yes i know that's very important to you yes thank you and um secondly it's actually been the benefit of the listeners because you'd hear a lot of f-bombs and it wouldn't be referring to the pricing of the 6k range in the bermuda for once so um yeah that that's what that's going to be about so thank you for that i'm going to go uh, probably you know lock my my dogs in the in the backyard so they don't have to hear me yelling the entire time but yeah that's where that's at but for until next time we're going to wrap it up there um jesse's on twitter at dfs golf gods i'm at bd entrance podcast at always press dfs again if you have any questions hit us up otherwise good luck catch you guys later Anybody ever